Reitman University. Beyond the Classroom, where real life lessons unfold. With Nir Horowitz and Oren Nathan. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to Beyond the Classroom, a show that we come together every week to hear different success stories from different industries, hoping to spark some sort of inspiration in you, our listeners. How many of you out there have gone out to Tel Aviv, if it's for a bar, a party, or even a restaurant, and found yourself wandering the streets of Tel Aviv at 4 a.m. on a scooter? Today's guest is a Harvard Kennedy School graduate. He was listed by The Marker Magazine in Israel's 40 Under 40, and he was the founding manager of Bird Israel. Yaniv Rivlin, it is a pleasure having you with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. How, how, are, you, how are you doing? Can't complain, day by day. It's, it's awesome. Good to be here. So let's uh, start from the beginning. You told us already before, you grew up in the north of Israel. What did you dream of being when you were young? What was the dream? So my dream when I was growing up, it was to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> that didn't pan out that great. Um, I think um, it was a few factors. Otherwise, it would have. But um, I think uh, um, the height... Uh, it's only 70, 70 centimeters of height. <laughs> it's small, so it's, yeah. it's all good. Uh, but yeah, I think that was that was my dream. Um, later on, changed also to to be in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I had a lot of a lot of dreams. I I, I do believe though that um, the life is a journey and uh, and an amusement park and a roller coaster. So um, I've gone to. Uh, to believe that life takes you to, to places, you gotta roll with it and um, seize opportunities when they come. And I'm, I'm very happy that I didn't have like one one route. Um, Cause you know, when I, when I was your age, I was, um, I was actually a bit, not sad, but I would prefer just to go, you know, into medicine or to be a lawyer or an accountant, things that are you know, you go into a few years, then you come up with a profession. Um, but I'm very happy that uh, that life didn't take me that route. Also, I had, didn't have good scores. Uh, my my um, bagot wasn't um, amazing. My um, psychometric exam was not good. Um, so I almost didn't get accepted to anything. Um, so I, I picked what I picked. Um, in general, we can talk about it later. I believe that we're, we're more, than, more than just numbers. Also, that that ability to adapt and change, that's what you're talking about. You're able to go through a journey and adapt to different jobs, different, like, you were able to take something and, uh, like, move to something else, you're saying, right? Do you think that's nature, nurture? Do you think that's a personality trait? So I think in general, it has to do also with, with um, some kind of personality. But I also think in general that what I've, come to appreciate throughout life is that we build a portfolio of our life so every experience builds on something builds on something else and that's why i also encourage um, people to hop on the amusement park of life and and hop on the rides Um, i never never hopped on a ride and was sorry that i hopped on a ride but i was sorry that i didn't hop on rides so my philosophy since has been hop on rides um and they might be 
you know, challenging. They might be frightening, but um, inherently those those rides will build you. Um, and I had many rides throughout throughout my life. I think also, you know, we're here recording this at at, um, at Reichman University. I think my undergrad um, at Hebrew U um, was also very influential from the point of, I think, the university is the biggest amusement park in the world. And you have so many different rides. This is one of them. Like the fact that you took initiative, started the podcast, Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's so many opportunities here to grab. It's like we're, we're seeing different things every day, learning about different things, different clubs, um, the networking. Yeah. How do you? How does? How was your experience in in the Hebrew University? You studied political science, right, and sociology. I studied political science, sociology. To be frank, I, I, I that was a minor uh, part of my of my experience. I think whoever comes. We had a saying at, at Harvard at, where I did my master's at the Kennedy School. I'll never forget that the um, dean of students came in in the beginning and basically told us, if you leave Harvard with an A+, plus, you know, we did something wrong. Um, and I'm a true believer in Bs get degrees. Um, I think there's always that uh, 80-20 rule because if you are only in the classroom and you you study all day, then again, it's, it's also a difference, and we can talk about it more later, between a generalist and an expert. If you're an expert, yeah. you need to dive deeper. And if you're a generalist, then all those experiences beyond are what will build you. So I think um, I think the experience in Hebrew University provided me, again, the, the, the to be honest with you, most of classes I didn't even attend. Um, and But I put an emphasis on, on building my portfolio. So I, I did um, internships. One of them was in the Israeli parliament. Um, I, I encourage you all to get out of your comfort zone. Um, it's especially in this time that you're, you are in now, like people in university, the, the time frame that you hop on rides are much shorter than the rest of your life. As in like my decade between 30 and 40 that I just ended, um, I'm 41 now, was like two stints of five years each. So I did five years in philanthropy, five years started uh, the shared scooter industry in Israel. And in my 20s, everything was much shorter because, and there you can decide what you love, what you don't. Internships are, you know, they're a period of a year. I'll give, an, again, the, that example. I'm more in the center of the, the Israeli political system. I could have gotten to something that, you know, was closer to me, but I decided to go and intern at Yaakov Margi, who Yaakov Margi is the head of the Shas party, became the minister of religious affairs. And that taught me much more than I would have gotten if I would just go to something that I already know. Sure. I, I got out of my comfort zone. I learned about another entire population. And he also wrote my reference letter and my current recommendation letter to Harvard. And I believe that one of the reasons I got accepted is them seeing that I'm willing to take risks. I'm not going on the usual path. And, I'm, 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 and I think one of the biggest things in today's world, as opposed to our parents, which had you know a job usually for most of their lives, that today's world, a good manager is someone that has multidisciplinary experience, that jumps between different fields, has the ability to know different fields, and 
know if you know this, but like Forbes magazine did a um, did a survey around um, CEOs. I think it was a Fortune 50, Fortune 100. What is the most important quality for a leader? And the number one quality. Do you want to guess? The number one quality. I would say maybe um, the ability to. I think discipline. D- discipline or multitask, something, something on 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 that line. Awesome. So the number one quality was empathy. Empathy. And empathy was the most important quality for a leader because it doesn't matter if I will sell scooters, if I will sell Dead Sea cosmetics, which I did, and we can talk about it later. Anything else? You first start by selling yourself and you start by knowing what is empathy basically knowing what will work on each person in order to get the best out of them and it's and and you get empathy by you know i grew up in the periphery of israel i i grew up doing many different things which i I think made me very empathetical towards all walks of life and i think that's a very crucial aspect in life don't stay in your one in your one place, like go out because that's what will teach you about the world outside, but it will also teach you about yourself. Do you think, I didn't ask you about your, your military service, um, but do you think that your military service also helped you become like, empathetic? Um, uh, totally. I think the, the, the military service did a lot. I think a lot of times um, us Israelis take it as a trivial thing because all of us are in the same place. We all do it. But I want to tell you all that I think it's very important to understand this is a very unique experience. It's an experience that, you know, basically teaches you that you can do freaking everything and anything. And I was, you know, I'm very, like, in a way, I'm a klutz. I'm, like, very, like, um, you know, in the army, I was called like, a shokist and, and all that. What did you do in the army? I was in a reconnaissance uh, unit, so in Yachmam, and um, basically I remember like getting a, a being sent to a, um, a hammer hammer um, course and I was like you know two o'clock in the morning I was changing a flat tire in the middle of wherever um, and I never thought that I could do it, but it taught me that I can basically do everything. So. I think the army teaches us a lot. I think one of the most important traits um, is getting global perspective. Is you know I spent six years in North America, um, and I think those were very formative years. And one of the reasons for that is only when you go out can you actually then look in. So Mo, there's a I have a mentor from from Harvard and who. who um, Ron Heifetz, his name is uh, Ron Heifetz, and he basically coins a term um, that it's called like go to the balcony because we're always on the dance floor and where we're at is in the dance floor and everything we do, we're in it. You can't get to the right decisions and understand the dance floor without going up the balcony. So it's the same way in the military. Like when you're in Israel, it seems to you like a very trivial thing but if you actually break it and you go out you understand no this is freaking 
ridiculous. It's something that most 18-year-olds in the world don't do. And then you can also frame your story when you come in a way that is super powerful because you can really frame it and think about it. Who, 18-year-old, has the opportunity to, to be a sergeant of 30 soldiers in the most um, crazy conditions um, fighting it teaches you about decision making and leadership and many other things that most people just don't have the opportunity and I think in life a lot it's about you got to take that step as bird eye view or to the balcony in order to really see um, the essence and to make accurate decisions 100% um, you said earlier that you think um, that ev- you recommend that everyone go through this roller coaster of university but do you think that in today's world a uh, university degree is necessary? It's a great question. So I didn't say everyone should go through it. I said for me, okay. it was Sorry. a very valuable experience, and I'll explain. I'll explain why that's important. So a lot of people, by the way, I, I wrote a book which I recommend you all to read. Um, Life as a startup. It's actually coming in English as "Live Like a Startup," but in Hebrew, it's "Chaimka yeah, Startup." And um, and there, um, I talk a lot about that roller coaster in university, and I. And I say there that to me, um, it's about where you are in life. As in, to me, the university is the biggest roller coaster, right? But if you're somewhere already that is providing you with that ride, right? You're in the middle of a crazy ride, and there can be several different crazy rides. Like, don't just go like blindly. In, into it like I know many amazing people that didn't go to the university but if, if the time is right for you I think that the university is an amazing place to have that amusement park so I don't see it as a as a must also people I think in general in life shouldn't go and um, shouldn't go in the same way that everybody goes similar to like there's when Israelis and the military they all go to the same place um, um, for for their after military um, journey, right? So they go to South America, or they go this, and they go. To, it's called like Shvira Homus. So it's like it's the Homus, like yeah, the Homus, <laughs> the Homus route. But in Do general, I, why Homus? I did I, because it's Hebrew. It's Hebrew, so Homus is very Israeli. Israeli. I see. I so see. it's Shvira Homus. But but in general, in life, like don't go where everybody goes. Like don't do like I I, I talk also in, in in the book, but like. I never paid uh, a single dime for my university studies from undergrad to grad school, whatever. Now, there's always a story about that, but what I believe is that there's always a way, and there's always a way um, to get it. Use your advantages, build it. I'll give an example of that, of how everybody goes in the telem, for instance. My grad school at, at Harvard, I, I got accepted to Harvard. I don't come from, from a background of money. I didn't have the over $100,000 that is necessary just for the just for the studies. I found, I was in Canada at the time, I found someone that, um, through a woman that studied with me at the Sauvé program, uh, that told me about her friend, Uri, uh, that was her classmate. I talked to him, he told me about a scholarship that is from the St. Paul Jewish community in Minnesota. Um, I wouldn't have gotten it, so like, find those opportunities, talk to people. The people that you're with, the communities that you're a part of, those are the ones that will create those opportunities. Nothing in life is luck, it's serendipity, we can talk about that later. But basically, he told me about the scholarship, I applied for it, I got to the final, I got a call from them, I got the final 24 uh, people of the scholarship, they told me to 
get on Webex. Webex is what Zoom used to be like over a decade ago. I said, cool, I can get on a Webex, but is it okay if I come to you? So listen, no one asked before to come to you. By the way, one Israeli gets it a year wow. just in the Ivy League to study political science and, and economics law. Okay, so one gets it, one out of 24. He told me no one has ever asked, if you want, pay for yourself, come here and do it. So I paid $480. I got on a flight from Canada, flew to Minnesota. No one wants to be in December in Minnesota. It's very, very cold. I got there, stayed in a Motel 6, if you know Motel 6, like 1999, a great cheap deal. I didn't have uh, money for a five-star. Came for the interview and got the full scholarship. Now, I potentially would have gotten it otherwise, but... It's crazy to me that no one in the history of the scholarship has asked to actually come. And that's a problem because that's why I called my book Life as a Startup. Because if you think of your life as a startup or you think about it as a business, then of course you will ask to fly and to do an in-person interview because that, that wouldn't you put like $500 for the chance of getting $100,000? Yeah. Probably yes, but you don't think, or if you were in a business and this would be your business and you would basically say, okay, one company out of 24 is getting a freaking amazing deal. I mean, I'd prefer to pitch it to you in person. You would go, of course. Yeah. Also be memorable, right? Go, go in person, but no one asks it because people just do what they tell them. And I, I want to encourage people that are listening, never take it as face value, as in there's always a way. You just need to find that way and go for it. 100%. Wow. So your career, after you finished your studies, what was your career path like? Where did you start? What was the first, first few jobs? Um, so again, very multidisciplinary from that aspect. At the Kennedy at, at Harvard, I am. So you don't do a, a written thesis, but it's a, basically it's a consultancy project. So I did it around social impact in Israel, uh, which wasn't a big field then. I did it for the Schusterman Foundation, which is a philanthropic foundation, and they invited me afterwards to join the. And by the way, that's like one of the only things that I I got an A in. Um, because something that I connected deeply to, so I, even that I got an A minus. But I um, went into it, worked for five years, philanthropic uh, uh, foundation, did um, reality, which is where we brought influencers to Israel, value-based leadership journeys around different, um, different, different leaders in different fields. Did that for for five years. Lived in Atlanta for three years. Then convinced the foundation to sent me to Israel for another two years. Um, in general, I believe in life, and depending when, but on, you should look at a, at a cycle of, of, of work as in the beginning, it's a mess, right? Know, know that it, like wherever job he'll be in the beginning, it's a mess, and, and, and know that because sometimes it's very frightening. Uh, but if you take it as a mess, it's, it's good and as a challenge. Then you actually do the, the change, right? Then you actually... You see the different parts, you make the change, then you get into your comfort zone. Yeah, I think we yeah. adapt very quickly. You know, when you're, I don't know, I felt my first job I worked before I moved to Israel, I felt like personally my first job, you get into it, you don't really understand what's going on. It takes a little bit of time till you you feel comfortable. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah, and sometimes people um, get into a, a place of, of fear, by the way, I think that, that fear is actually a good thing because only from fear 
um, and darkness you can get to growth and um, and really learnings and for me it was also a lesson by the way when I when I moved finished Harvard and moved to Atlanta for the foundation I was like depressed I was like really down I and my sister came um, from Israel and uh, took me out every morning 6 a.m. to work out organized my my apartment and I think only then I learned what makes me tick like what makes me and that when I worked out every morning that was basically the way to get out and I think each person needs to know what makes them uh, tick since then every time I I get a little down the first thing I do is I throw out everything and I just go for a workout or or something like that and I think that's super important but that darkness taught me that and I and it taught me that for the rest and I learned it when I was 30 but it taught me for the rest of my for the rest of my life being the second employee of bird outside of the states how how did you find yourself in the position that you you know you're found you're opening it in Israel so I'll get again to to serendipity so I did five years uh, in the foundation then decided to move on and in between I had like five different job offers I, I knew I wanted to do something in the for-profit with an impact lens. I had a few different offers. Then I was sitting with a friend, Sam Rosen from Los Angeles, and Ben Gouillon Dizengoff in the coffee shop. Um, and I want to encourage you all to drink as many cups of coffee that you can with people. If you don't like coffee, then tea is good. Um, <laughs> if you don't like if you don't like tea, orange juice, whatever it is, just those are the serendipitous moments. So I was sitting there. We saw the private scooters and electric bikes go by. And then he told me, you know, this company called Bird that was started three months ago in Los Angeles where was the, the first spot. I said, no, but I think this can be amazing in Israel. And this was, this was I'm assuming, before Lime, before... We were the first... We started the whole industry and that was way before Lime. Yeah, we were the, we were the first one both in the world and in Israel. And I said, great. And I think that serendipity is you always need to, it's more important to be in the right place at the right time, okay? And and it's risk versus reward. So I took a risk that I always say, I had one interview on the canal in Amsterdam with three bottles of rosé, and that was my interview. Now when I interview, you know, GM, CEOs, like eight interviews with a case study, but like when you come in early to something, there's a risk, but there's also an opportunity. Even though I didn't have an MBA, I didn't you know i wrote them like a a word document of why i think tel aviv can be i didn't have the the qualities that you you know if someone would have read my cv then they would just throw it away right but the fact that i took initiative i you know um was there at the right moment at the right time enabled me to to be that and i succeeded very much you know it's the number one market in the world out of 450 i then became a senior director of the com- a global company, ran the entire uh, uh, government partnerships um, in the company. So I, 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 my my advice to you in general is do those serendipitous things. You don't know what it will bring, um, and when you when you also do that, you know think about like, okay, this is a very unique opportunity. Don't don't don't. Don't just let it be there, but take take advantages. Be opportunistic. Don't um, don't leave it for uh, for 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 up for grabs. Yeah. But also know super important. Know what is right for you, because what is right for you and what is right for you at a certain time. 
and what is right for you at a certain time is can be very different among different spots. So like the way I make decisions um, is I ask myself, what do I want to talk about in the Friday night dinner table? Because to me, Friday night is like the most pivotal um, dinner of the week. And I want to talk there about what makes me tick, like what's passionate for me. And that can be, by the way, different. And, and if I have like, it can be, give me a company that you both admire. Nike. Nike, great. I, you'd want to work for Nike, but what if you're like, okay, your your boss is a shithole, right? Like, you don't want to be there, right? So it's it's not about even the noise that come from the outside. Like, you need to know what is authentic to you, and what you want to talk. And once you actually do, so I had five different offers. Once I put them on the, what do I want to talk about on Friday night dinner table? It was very obvious, like, why Which? bird and where I need to be. Was there a moment in your career that you felt as if like you, like it was a pivotal moment in your career that, you know. You, like a challenge you faced. Yeah, that made you who you were. Many moments um, in my career brought me to where to where I am, I think, from the decision of where to go to school. Um, I, was, I was debating before undergrad between going to a local college of where, where, where I was born in Katsrin, between Hebrew University, and I think if I would have t- taken that route, um, I would have gone. I think there, there, there's many, many points, but, but also at the same time, I might have gone to another great place. So I don't know. That's why I'm also, you know, saying I never regret uh, a ride that I hopped on because the path led me to where I am. And I believe, first of all, we don't know what we don't know. In general, in life, we don't know what we don't know. I couldn't have told you that, that the Aniva of 16 years old would, would do this. Um, so I think get on, get on it. And there's a, there's a great uh, there's a great movie. Um, also, I think it's filmed in London, but um, Revolving Doors um, with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. And she basically comes to the tube, um, and on one of the scenes, she is able to get into the to the train, and on the second one, the door closes, and then she has a whole different world completely. And then it shows you like that there's so many different points in time that can lead you to different places. Um, and there's no point of, you know, looking back, I'm very happy at where I am. And I think I took a lot of very interesting turning points, but I, but I hopped on opportunities. And I think that's the most important um, thing. Don't let, don't let things stop you. Like also like, you know, fake it till you make it. I'm a very big believer I mean, we've yeah. we've had a few people on our podcast. We've interviewed seven people, and three of them have said that. Yeah, it's totally that. But yeah. I, but I want to make a diff. I want to make a, a caveat there. So, fake it till you make it. Don't create a illusionary story, right? Don't don't create something from nothing, because then people will will see our bluff. But it's also okay to you know trim the corners a little bit. Does it really matter if you have like? four years of experience or five years of experience there's a lot of things that don't really make a difference try go for it most of the things in life i failed like most of the thing the first try i failed and it's also sometimes not even in our responsibility i'll give an example when i applied to when i applied to grad school i applied to columbia to harvard to tufts and a couple of others 
I got into Harvard, which is the number one ranked in, in everything, and I didn't get into Columbia, which is ranked much lower. Now, same program, no reason, but maybe the guy or woman that read the application had terrible sex the night before, or any one of those, whatever, it's not always about you. The yeah, problem- I think, I think that's something as well that, that I saw a lot in the army. I think that there was there were great I was in San Hanim, right? And there are sometimes great people who didn't get accepted to the same unit, but they, they were the best people. And in the end, they're taking that blame on themselves. Whereas it's like what you said, it could come from, from another person's bad. How important- But also, just, I'll just one add one add to that. And it goes and it connects the dots that we talked before. Most people, once they tell them no, or once they don't get accepted, they stop. And that's a problem. Like, don't stop, continue go for it like i i i believe the the right graph is success failure success failure there's a program also here in the university called stand with us i don't know if you're familiar with stand with us so stand with us i didn't get accepted into the first year no reason i got accepted in the second year and i became uh, one of the leading uh, people of all time sove i didn't get accepted the first year i got accepted second year sometimes the timing is also better you didn't get accepted okay maybe the second year will be better but most people statistically if they fail and they don't get accepted, they give up. And that's something that's not okay. How important is it to fail? I think I wouldn't, fa- I wouldn't fail um, on purpose, on purpose no, for the sake of failing. I think um, failing builds you. Um, but I think it goes back to, to darkness and fear, right? What is a failure? Failure is fear. There's a great, uh, you probably know the song, by Simon, Simon and Garfunkel. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I come to talk to you again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, embrace that. Embrace that failure. Once you, once you fail over and over again, and I had my, my share of failures, then another failure, okay. Then, then good, I already know. And by the way, that's also, to, in life also, don't be stuck up in what you are now. Like in the beginning of life, everything seems to you, and I've been there, so I can say it. But everything seems to me like that's the only reality, okay? So when I was a Schusterman in the philanthropy, I thought everybody is in that, right? I'm here in Reichman. It seems to me that everybody is in Reichman. I was in, I started Bird. It seemed to me that everybody is in micromobility. But once you get out of something, you understand that there's so many amazing realities in life and it actually is a, is a very powerful thing because then you don't get caught up in where you're at, which can bring a lot of stress. Do you, if you could go back to the 23-year-old Aniv, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Chill the fuck down. Yeah? Wow. <laughs> but, Short, again, but again, <laughs> it's for my, but it's from my perspective being 41. And now, right? and now at 41 years old, what's your definition of success and how's it, how, how's it changed? Great question. Um, it's a good question. I, I don't have a definition of, of success. Um, I think in general, it's always do your best. Um, don't, um, don't give up, ride your path. Um, and if you do and do what you do, what you love, because if you do what you love, you'll do it well. If you do it well, you will succeed. And so I think there's no one definition to to success, but I think if you live by those values, 
Um, and also know, by the way, it's very important and some people stress out. You're not supposed to know everything. You're not, you can't know everything. And I think one of the biggest, biggest understandings is that, okay, it's also important, by the way, when you build a team as, a, as an entrepreneur, right? When I came to Burn and had to build the team, I understood, okay, I don't know, right, operations, right? It's not my forte. So I'll bring someone that will compliment me, have the right empathy to, to grow them in the team or bring Amir like that knows the finance can 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 be complementary to who you are. And I think that's very important. When I when I wrote this book that got my book Life is Dark got to number one in Israel. I don't know how to write. I'm just graphic and I have ADHD. So I took a ghostwriter that I basically sat with her with a nut every Sunday for three hours from ten to one and she wrote. It was first of all cheaper than therapy, but also like I couldn't have done it without her. And once you understand that you know who you are, you know your strength, and you can complement them, then you're under you understand that you're much more powerful because you don't need to know everything. Wow, I love that. Um, when you look at you know Aura and myself, anyone at the start of the professional career, what kind of traits, characteristics do you think are vital for us to succeed? Also when hiring, for example. I think when hiring, it's very important, and it goes back to the point that we just talked about, is knowing, first of all, first and foremost about yourself, what you're good at, and be honest with yourself. What you're good at and what you're not good at. And because once you understand that, then you understand who you actually need for the, um, for the job. And also different people have different styles of work. And, and knowing, seeing the person in front of you and knowing, okay, is this something that I, you know, my philosophy about managing friends is very different than others. I believe in, as in the military, I like to say it, like, like, I like to give you a task and forget about it for a variety of different reasons. Also, it's my personality and, and I want to, you know, um, help grow people. But like, that's a very different personality than something that might you have, which will affect who you need to hire next to you. Um, so I think it's super important to first know yourself who you need as a part of your, as a part of your team. Um, and from that, really to, uh, um, to understand who you need. And that's a lot of empathy, right? It's empathy towards yourself and it's empathy towards um, the people that you want to be a part of your, of your team. It's, different, it's also different leadership styles. If you could improve something in yourself now, what would it be? Wow, so many things. So many things. Um, if I had like a magic wand <laughs> that I could um, that I could do, um, I think that's a good question. I have I have a lot, um, but I won't I won't I won't teach sec I won't tell secrets so someone can't use it against me. But I have a lot. What motivates you to keep going? You know, you, you told us that you're starting your own uh, investment fund. What motivates you to keep doing doing what you're doing? So what keeps me in doing is the is the understanding, and it goes by it goes back to what we talked about. Like I don't know what I don't know, and um, and the fact that there, I think. There's so many different things in life, so many different realities that I like to achieve new things and I like to grow and I like to learn and I like to, and I, I, I'm also a very much, I like to do many things at the same time. So I think it's also something knowing yourself 
really are you um generalist or expert or or whatnot uh, but i i i'm also i will never say no to an experience um so i really like new new adventures and i think there's so many adventures you know out there i'm giving now a lot of talks to companies organizations etc and i'm doing it in israel and suddenly a few weeks ago i was in a speaking boot camp in the u.s and i learned that like it's a whole new world right and then it, that's an attraction and once you again you learn that there's so many things like i drive a lot of my a lot of my work from the passion of learning new things and succeeding um in them and and uh, and not going for the same thing and Again, luckily enough, there's just so many things to do. And I also think that there's so many things to do in so many different fields, right? Like Israeli society to, to build it. Um, there's, there's many things from the, the global perspective. There's, you know, there's, there's so many things that, um, that also I love to weave different things in and that I believe it's a never-ending crafting of the story. What kind of hobbies do you have? I'm interested in. You still work Hobby, out? Hobbies is such a... Think about it. We talked about it this weekend around hobbies. What what even is a hobby? Like, in today's world, like, you know, to me, everything is intertwined. To me, like, you know, I, I got to do what I love. So to me, like, it's work and pleasure. All, that, that's my life. I don't think there's a separation there. But it, there used to be a separation. They used to work nine to five. And then five used to have a hobby... You know, I love, if you can tell, hobbies, but I love experiences. Like, I'll give me a good retreat. Give me this. Give me that. I work out. I work out not because I love it. I work out because it makes me sharper. So, yeah, it's a hobby. I like it. But, you know, I do it also for for um, for a purpose. I love, you know, um, gaining knowledge. So I love, you know, reading stuff. Um, What book would you recommend? I have, sure, I have but... several um there's so first of all the 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 founder of Netflix Reed Hastings has a has a great book um which talks a lot about interesting management and tactics and building teams by the way he says there that the goal of a CEO is basically to put him, himself out of a job like if I in the week right I have a lot of open time that means I'm doing a good thing as a CEO because that means I empower the right people they're taking ownership they're doing when someone tells you he doesn't have time then they're probably doing something not that right um, so I have that I think Atomic Habits is a great book I, was, I, was, I saw it last night at my neighbor's house and I told him listen this is mine soon wow I mean, so it's Atomic Habit is a is a um, is a great book also I just wrote, read the um, Walt Disney CEO's uh, book really really good I think it's called The Ride of a Lifetime um, amazing really great stories from um, where he started to his his, his career um, I like I'm, I'm very uh, I always confuse it something that is like Harry Potter that's fiction right yeah. so I'm a very non-fiction I'm a very non-fiction person I don't uh, I don't like fiction but almost every non-fiction I learn from because I think there's just so much so much to learn from 100% if you could leave us with a quote what would it be we end every podcast with a quote so I think um, 
one of the quotes that I mentioned here, but I will restate it because I think it's super, super, okay, I'll, I'll give two. Okay, one that I said is take a step from the dance floor to the balcony. Super critical for making decisions when you when you're there. The second one is is something that I like about revolutions in general, about that Henry Ford, the founder of Ford, said he said when he created the car, moved from from the carriage to the car, he said, if I asked people what they would want, they would say faster horses because that's what people know. So when they tell you no, 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 don't listen to people because they don't know even what's the realm of possibilities. Um, and the last one that I have, um, which is practice makes improvement. Um, I don't think that practice makes perfect. And actually, I don't think that there is perfect. And I don't think that, you know, perfectionism, I actually think it's an evil thing. Um, and if anyone that's listening to me and is applying for any one of my jobs, if they tell me in an interview, what's your uh, um, uh bad spot or, or whatever and you tell me i'm a perfectionist and you're not going to get the job so if you're listening to this podcast don't don't tell me that <laughs> um but in general i think that i can tell you on so many different things i'll give a small example and we'll we'll conclude but like uh, when i started bird 14th of august 2018 by the way for 13th of august i didn't sleep a minute also when i wrote the book and i put it out last year i didn't sleep it doesn't matter how good you think your idea is like if you sleep the night before, you're probably doing something wrong because you're not in it that much. But on the 14th of August, I had like an eight-minute interview in like um, the Chadshot Aruch time in Madura Merkazit. And I was like interviewed and I was like stuttering like I did not know. And now I like I do interviews, I'm good. It's like the more you, the more you try, the more you practice the more you'll improve. And that's, uh, I think, a super important thing to think about because when you think about it, that makes you continue to try, continue to practice. Don't give up. Yeah. I mean, you've also built that confidence now, so you've got that behind you, you know? Yeah, but it'll come But it'll come to every single thing. So yeah. that for that, I, I yeah. overcame it. But there's so many other things yeah. that it's the exact same paradigm that will be applied there. Wow. There's a good quote that, you know, the way to build self-confidence is not by shouting positive affirmations in the mirror. It's it's by having undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. You know, by, by having that proof. Totally. That's how you build it. There you have it, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Beyond the Classroom. Yaniv, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And do not forget, guys, there is no one path to success. Have a good day. See you next week. Beyond the Classroom. Beyond the Classroom. Where real life lessons unfold. With Nir Horowitz and Oren Nathan. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity.